Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Chill Squared. I'm your host, Andrew Chelney, and a great conversation heading your way today. At Chill Squared and at Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew on Twitter. At Chill Squared on Facebook. Give the show that shiny five-star review on Apple Podcasts and support the work that goes into this by going to ChillSquaredShop.BigCartel.com for the sickest t-shirt in the game to become a true chill razor i am the only person actively working on the show and any support at all is greatly appreciated chill squared is a part of the brew inside hearts network as well as the hockey podcast network this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. got some great things to tell you about them in a little bit though i am a full-time associate producer at sirius xm nba radio this podcast is not affiliated with the company in any way the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone and may or may not reflect the views of SiriusXM. Joining Chella Squared today is a legend, a bona fide legend, a friend of the show. He's been on before. You see and listen to him during Devils games as well as New York Red Bulls games. It is the great Steve Cangelosi returning to the show. Kanji, what's up? Welcome back. I can't follow that introduction. Can I hang up now? <laughs> We're not going to top that. No, I'm fantastic, Andrew. Thanks for having me on again. It's been a while. Uh, as a matter, the last time I spoke with you, I think John Hines still might have been coach of the team. Believe it or not, uh, it, it might have been. Yeah, that it was a while ago, and I apologize for not reaching out sooner. I take no offense to that. I heard you with Sam Rosen a couple of weeks ago, and your guest list has been out of this park. So, congratulations to you. Well, it means so much coming from you to say that. And the fact that, you know, I didn't, I didn't, it's not like I texted you, right? Saying that Sam Rosen came on the show and for you to listen to it. Like the fact that, you know, you just said that without me knowing that you even knew that is incredible. And that, that means a lot to me that you said that. Well, no, uh, I, and I do enjoy the podcast when I listen. My list of podcasts now is growing. It's just so reflective of the time that we live in and you find one that you like and it's in your library. And then when you find about 17 or 18 that you like, and you want to give them all fair play, you can only like squeeze in maybe five or six a week, depending on what your work schedule was constructed like. And I find myself in that situation. I'm more of a podcast guy now than I am a radio listener, believe it or not, probably because my attention goes to two sports. One, of course, the National Hockey League and ice hockey, and uh, I do a lot of soccer as well, in particular over this past summer, which kept me busy and it kept me out of trouble. <laughs> no trouble here. Well, let's start here with, of course, the biggest news of the past few days in, in New Jersey, which is Travis Dajak signed a one-day contract to retire as a devil. Over a 1,000 games played for New Jersey. Kanji, what does Travis Zajac mean to New Jersey, to the Devils, and what does his retirement mean moving forward? Uh, there's a common bond that I shared with Travis Zajac from the very first time that I joined the Devils crew in the fall of 2006. His first National Hockey League game was my first NHL game in October of 2006 when I was brought in, not as the play-by-play -play announcer, Andrew, but at the time I was the pregame, postgame, intermission host and doing sideline work when Doc Emmerich and Chico Resch were still 
on the call regularly for games uh, of New Jersey Devils broadcasts. Uh, back then, I guess it was on Fox Sports, and then that morphed into MSG+. So Travis's first game was my first game with the crew. And I remember him making the team that year. The Devils were anxious to push somebody aboard, somebody who they felt can handle a mature workload at a very early age. Now, he had the pedigree where he was a first-round pick. They took him 20th overall in 2004. And what I remember from day one is him being just a solid two-way player that very first game, believe it or not, against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Devils opened that season, I remember vividly, with a pretty convincing road win at Carolina. And the uh, Carolina Hurricanes at the time were the defending Stanley Cup champions, and the Devils beat them up badly in that opening game. Then they go to Dallas, and Travis scores his first National Hockey League goal uh, a day or two later. And it's just the beginning of somebody who was comfortable in his uniform, comfortable in his own skin, knew his role, played the game the right way. And if you are going to define somebody who plays the hardest minutes for his team, uh, giving nothing short of 100% time in and time out on some good Devils teams, and of course in later years, some not-so-good Devils teams, but his approach never changed. Andrew, and if you needed somebody uh, post-game, regardless of the situation, he was the same measured gentleman time in and time out. So he's going to the Devils in a role that I think is largely to be determined moving forward. Uh, a superb New Jersey Devil. I'm only sorry he didn't get his name on the Stanley Cup. The closest he came, of course, uh, was the spring of 2012 when they lost to the Kings in the final in six. So two wins shy of the ultimate glory, but so much to be proud of. And if you're going to have anybody's professionalism rub off on you, I think the Devils would like to see Travis Ajak play a role with the group they have now moving forward. Well, speaking of the center depth, and you mentioned that a second ago, Zajac, before he was traded to the Islanders at the deadline last season, was a staple uh, down that down the middle for a decade and a half. Without him there, Kanji, what do you make of the Devils' center depth today? Well, it starts one, two, and those are spots that are filled in with the proverbial ink, right? It's Jack Hughes, who's clearly the number one center, Nico Heischer, who was a captain at the age of 22, who's now the number two center, if you want to define it that way, although he might be the second or third most important player on this team, if not number one. And then after that, it gets a little bit murky. And training camp for this team starts uh, tomorrow as we have this conversation. And then a lot of these issues are going to be cleared up. I think Pavel Zaka's future with this team is at wing. Uh, I think he's more comfortable. I think he plays a better game on the wing. I think you can spot play him at the center position, whether it's a 3C or a 4C. Uh, I think his versatility helps him. He was the team's unexpected leading scorer last year. And I think they view him as somebody who's going to play on the flank. Michael McLeod, who has been something of a late bloomer for this franchise, is the player right now I would slot in 
as the team's third center. Uh, Mike was a 12th overall pick in 2016. And last year, finally something to show for his efforts. He was snake bitten uh, as he was trying to make his way in the National Hockey League. And what turned out to be only his second season as kind of a regular in the Devils lineup last year, Andrew, he scored nine times, the first nine goals of his career. And he had some real bite to his game, too. He was not hesitant to drop the gloves. He was good in one-on-one battles. And the Devils, I think, for the most part, probably said, okay, we're going to help this guy put a career together. We're going to stay with him. We're going to show some faith. But I think when they initially were thinking that, they might have thought fourth line was a ceiling for him. And then he showed a little bit more last year. And I think he's certainly somebody um, who can be a third line center. Now, I I won't go too much into detail on this one question that you've thrown up for me here. But Dawson Mercer was the Devils best player at their recent prospects challenge in Buffalo. Another guy who was taken with a first round pick. He was taken 18th overall in 2020. And he looked sharp uh, on Friday and Sunday uh, in games against the Sabres and Bruins prospects, Andrew. Uh, There was a good feeling uh, about this kid who centered the team's best line with Alexander Holtz and Nolan Foote. And now the challenge this week is for him to show he's capable of doing it uh, against men. Uh, This is somebody who I think is going to find himself in the NHL sooner rather than later. The Devils AHL coach this year is a uh, a guy I'm sure your fans of the podcast are very familiar with, former NHLer Kevin Deneen, who uh, have the job at Utica this season. The Utica Comets will be uh, the Devils AHL affiliate. And his first observation on Dawson Mercer was that he looks like a guy who's been coached well for a very long time. His stick is excellent and he knows how to be disruptive. If he can channel this into an NHL maturity, I think he's got a chance to come out of camp and make the NHL roster. A lot for him to still prove, but the first showing was a very, very good one. For sure. And you mentioned Jack Hughes, and we'll get back to him in a second. So put his name in your back pocket here. There's sure. a lot There's a lot of experts that are calling the Devils and their front and the free agency moves that they made this past offseason, where they got Dougie Hamilton, who's the biggest, who was one of the biggest fish, if not the biggest fish of free agency, and the Devils signed him. They got Ryan Graves. They have they have Tomas Tatar as well. A lot of experts have called the Devils as one of, if not the biggest winners of free agency. Kanji, do you agree with that? Well, they landed the big fish, and Dougie Hamilton can only be defined as the prize of the free agent market in the summer of 2021. So on that basis alone, I can buy into what you're saying. The proof's going to be in the pudding as we move forward. What they get in Dougie Hamilton, and I'll start with, with this They also pick up Ryan Graves in a trade from Colorado on July 15th. So in this sense, what the Devils have done is they've added the stud defenseman in Dougie Hamilton and quite possibly in the same offseason, you find the player that you are going to pair with him. So you've got a couple of twin towers potentially playing together on defense. Hamilton's a big guy, 6'6". Ryan Graves is a big guy. Six five and cut from a little bit 
of a different cloth. So, you know, it's rare that a team in one off season goes out and gets players who might combine to be their top defensive pair. And I say that very respectively for what Damon Severson has brought to the table. And Damon now is going to be in his prime, entering his eighth NHL season. Uh, Somebody who I think continues to show progress. And every time you think he's on the cusp of being an elite defenseman in this league, he brings it down a notch. The Devils are still looking for that consistency. But with Dougie Hamilton, what have they added here, Andrew? Somebody who scored 42 goals over the last three seasons. That's more than any defenseman in the league. There are only three defensemen. I was doing some work on this last night. With over 600 shots over the past three seasons. Roman Yossi's one. Brent Burns is one. Dougie Hamilton's the other. I think the big question with Dougie is how much ice time he's going to actually log right off the bat. Because you have to understand, the Devils have not had a defenseman of this offensive pedigree in a really long time. And the defensemen who come to mind when I talk about logging significant minutes at that position through the years, they were different kinds of players. Andy Green played a lot, now with the Islanders and continuing his quest for the Cup. I remember multiple seasons where Andy played more than 23 minutes a game. Paul Martin was uh, another that came to mind. He played power play. He had playmaking ability, had a few years where, you know, he played a lot as well, but never in that group of players really responsible for driving the bus, if you understand where I'm going with that. The Hamilton contract tells us that he must be part of that group that drives the bus and maybe for the next seven years. This was an outstanding offseason for Tom Fitzgerald. We'll talk about playoff aspirations as we get a little bit deeper into the conversation because I think that has to be tangible for this team this year. Absolutely, and that is definitely a question that I have that I want to ask in a little bit. But let's circle back here to some of the younger guys on this team that hopefully for the Devils are going to make some sort of jump. Now, excluding Jack Hughes, which we'll get to here in a second, excluding him, how big of a jump do you think the young guys like Sharon Govich, like Jesper Boquist, maybe even Nolan Foote will make on this team this season? I'll try to take them one by one. Let's start with Yegor Sharon Govich, who at 23 is a proven NHL player. I don't need him to prove anything else. I need to see him take the next step. And when you try to look at numbers and say what's going to improve them from the truncated season last year, you know, if he plays a full season with Jack Hughes or most of the season with Jack centering his line, I don't see how you should not be expecting him to produce a season where he finishes 25 or 30 for this team. He was very comfortable. 30 points in 54 games last year. He scored 16 times. That was fourth most among NHL rookies. I realize he came in from a different circumstance, but this has the possibility to be a real gem of a find for this franchise. They drafted him 131st overall in 2018. I think he takes the next step, and I think he spends the bulk of the next five years as a top-line guy in this league. Uh, Jesper Boquist turns 23 on October 30th. Uh, Two camps ago, 
he was one of the best players in the preseason. And the Devils started out with him on their opening night roster, and I think he made his NHL debut the second game of that season. He's in a difficult spot because I don't think that he can play fourth-line minutes and really show what he's capable of doing. If he can't find top nine minutes with this Devils team, then I wonder if the conversation at some point, he clearly has some talent, and I don't want to stray from that, is that this organization and Jesper Boquist are best served if he winds up playing elsewhere. He's going to have a shot, and I think he starts the season as the fourth-line center for what it's worth. Nolan Foote is a guy who's obviously got hockey pedigree in the family. Uh, The Devils were happy with the Blake Coleman trade, and I say that talking about someone who was a worthy player on consecutive Stanley Cup championship teams. But the haul from that trade was significant, and I do think Nolan Foote is probably the centerpiece of that trade. Now, he's still 20 years old, Andrew. He's not going to turn 21 until November. It would not surprise me if he settles in at the American Hockey League level, and as we get a little deeper into the year, he potentially is one of the first call-ups. I don't want a Nolan foot playing eight or nine minutes a night. I'd rather have him playing 17 minutes a night at the AHL level for Utica, because we're thinking big picture here. When this team is ready to be something special, I think he needs to have established himself as a player at the professional level. He's got some work to do along those lines. The early signs for Nolan Foot last year, though, were very good. Hey, this is Andrew from the future. Real quick word from DraftKings, and we'll be right back with the conversation with the voice of the New Jersey Devils, Steve Cangelosi. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers a hundred and fifty dollars instantly when they bet one dollar on any football game listen up because you don't want to miss this head to the DraftKings sportsbook app now and place a bet for one dollar on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place $1 bet on on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, NJ, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Talking to Steve Cangelosi, the phenomenal voice of the Devils, as well as the New York Red Bulls. Now, Kanji, let's go now to Jack Hughes. He made a sizable <laughs> improvement last season following his rookie campaign. He looked more poised. He looked, he looked, I think overall, he looked more in control of his play and what he was going to do before he did it. Kanji, what will we see from Jack Hughes in what will be his third season now in the NHL? 
Yeah, and uh, I think we're going to see a player who continues to get better and better as the team gets better and better. In many ways, I think we're going to see wins and losses, the Devils' growth record-wise, be reflective of how Jack Hughes continues to grow as a player. There were certain nights last year, Andrew, where he was just dancing. It it was, uh, I'll just say it, one of the greatest joys of this job is watching him on the ice do his thing. Uh, It was a market improvement from year number one. Uh, He's active. He's entertaining. He has great hockey sense about him. He skates as well as they come. And he drew 19 penalties last year. Uh, Only six NHL centers drew more penalties than Jack Hughes. There was uh, Connor McDavid at the top of the list as probably everyone might expect. And then there was Jack in that selective group of guys that makes plays that either lead to goals or lead to devil's power plays. Um, He had the most power play ice time on the devils last year, but here's the area where he needs to get better. The numbers were not there for him with the man advantage last year. Uh, Most power play ice time, but all that translated to was one power play goal and six power play assists. Now, this can lead us to a broader conversation of areas where the Devils need to get a lot better. Their power play last year as a team was 28th in the National Hockey League. It was at 14.2%. The penalty kill was last in the league. So special teams overall did let them down. But Hughes, it's all in front of them. It's all pointed in the right direction. And I don't think you look at him as anything other than a career number one center who I expect to finish in the top 15 in scoring in the National Hockey League this year. Talking to uh, Steve Kangelosi, phenomenal voice of the Devils. Now, Kanji, transitioning to another young guy on the team, and I say that even though this guy and myself are the exact same age, Mackenzie Blackwood uh, did not did not have, by his own standards, I would imagine, the greatest season in the NHL last season. He had a phenomenal start, and then last season, it kind it I don't want to say it fell off the the rails or anything, but it it wasn't to his expectations. Why do you think that was, and do you think he'll bounce back this season? He wasn't the same after COVID, Andrew. Uh, I, I don't want to simplify this too much, but you know that's where any conversation about Mackenzie Blackwood has to begin. Um, he still started 35 of the 56 games last year, okay? So he starts out playing well. Uh, the Devils start out 2-0-1, and, and he was very strong in the opening games that they play. Then he went 28 days between starts due to COVID. He wins two games, and then he struggles losing, I think it was eight of the next nine. And that was the first clue that there might have been some long-term ramifications from his bout with COVID. I mean, I'll share with your audience. Uh, I had COVID. I was pretty sick for, uh, I-, I would say about 10 days, but I didn't feel like myself until about two months later. Okay. And I don't have the physical demands of obviously of a national hockey league goaltender. Uh, I think it clearly played into what we saw. I'm interested 
in seeing now what he brings to the table as a fourth-year NHL player, a guy who's got a nice body of work under his belt. He's a physical specimen. He's 24. And I gave you what I thought would represent real growth for Jack Hughes when I said I expect him to be top 15 in the league in scoring. If Mackenzie Blackwood is right physically, I think he plays about 55 of the 82, and I expect him to be among the top seven or eight goaltenders in terms of save percentage this season. I think he has that talent. I think he has that ability. And contrary to where we were one year ago, when Corey Crawford shocked the organization by announcing his retirement prior to the start of training camp, Jonathan Bernier enters. Seasoned veteran, 33-year-old, somebody the Devils, I think, very carefully bring into the organization, not just to ride shotgun for Mackenzie Blackwood, to have the role of a number two who winds up playing perhaps 25 games or so this season and serves as a mentor for the young goaltender with a world of talent. And this was somebody who was a teammate of Jonathan Quick's, obviously, back when the Kings were winning a Stanley Cup a decade ago. And that was going to be my next question, which you answered. I mean, what, like, what does Bernier bring to the table that friend of the podcast, Scott Wedgwood Wedgie, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 lo- I love Wedgie. I, he, he actually posted a picture up on Instagram a couple of days ago with his, with his, with his very sizable Stanley Cup ring that he, that he got from Tampa Bay. Um, so what, <laughs> do, what does Bernier bring to the table that Wedgwood or another goalie of that ilk doesn't? Well, uh, he was a number one goalie in this league at one point. I guess we could start with that, where Scott Wedgwood never was. Scott Wedgwood had minimal National Hockey League appearances, I think we have to remember. Uh, And the Devils, by the way, congrats to Scott. They re-signed him on a one-year two-way over the summer. But there were only a handful of NHL starts, some of them memorable, some of them extraordinary. There was that game during his first call-up in Pittsburgh where he was lights out, and he became something of an overnight sensation before the Devils wound up cooling off as a team. But uh, Jonathan Bernier was a number one when he was traded to the Leafs in 2013. And, you know, he has that base of experience. He worked alongside one of the best in the business in Jonathan Quick when the Kings beat the Devils in 2011-2012 to win the Stanley Cup championship. He's somebody who has been around the block. And again, this is twofold. You need a number two who's going to win you games, not just somebody who's there to be a comfort and a respected voice in the room. And the devils feel he has that in him. Uh, I'm going to meet him tomorrow. As a matter of fact, for the first time, he is, I understand a candid guy, someone with a terrific personality. And that I think is something that can only be beneficial uh, to a young goaltender who's being given the mantle here to try to win games now, because the devils have to advance this thing. As a team, they, they can't just say, well, Hughes is scoring points. Well, Nico's playing well defensively. Blackwood looks wonderful on occasion. They need to take the next step and tangibly win games here. Okay. And I think they've identified this combination as one that can help them do that. We will never know what the outcome would have been 
one year ago. If Crawford had just given this team one season before he let go entirely, the plan was blown up. And we've been down this road a couple of times here with Mackenzie Blackwood, okay? Because if you remember a couple of years ago, Blackwood made the NHL roster. Corey Schneider started the season as number one. And then it all blew up for Corey. Uh, The game was just getting away from him. And the Devils had this plan back then, maybe to play Mackenzie Blackwood 25, 30 times, maybe make him a healthy scratch on occasion so he could watch the game from upstairs with the goaltending coach at the time, Roly Melanson. And none of that manifested itself. So here you go in, clear-cut plan. Hopefully they're both healthy. Blackwood, you're number one. Bernier, the experienced guy, now 33, number two. And this is the combination they hope will win a fair number of games. I think they're in a good spot with this tandem moving forward. We'll see when it all gets underway October 15th. Kanji, are the Devils a playoff team? It's a great question. Let me tell you, I'm going to circle back and an answer in a second, okay? Let me tell you one of the things that I hear a lot, but doesn't add up for me, okay? And I hear this from people I respect who know the game really well, that many have pegged this team as a Stanley Cup contender in two to three years. But then they isolate a prediction for this season, and they'll just say, no, the division's too good. Forget about it. And I'm not sure how you can buy into one philosophy but not buy into the other, okay? Because if you are of the opinion that Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer are the foundations of a championship team, Hughes is starting his third season. Nico Heischer is still a young guy, but this is NHL season number five, okay? I think anybody who views him through this prism of the kid, we have to let go of that now. This is season five for Nico Heischer. So if you are of the opinion that there's a championship team being built here that we're going to see come to fruition in two to three years, I don't know how you can look at the nucleus that has clearly been defined now. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Mackenzie Blackwood, Ty Smith, And Dougie Hamilton now is obviously the most expensive part of that core. How do you not say that this team is incapable of finishing fourth, regardless of how the division sets up this year? I think there has to be really tangible signs of progress. I think if they're close, Tom Fitzgerald makes a move or two in the efforts to go for it and they get in. I'm going to peg them for a fourth-place finish and to get to the postseason for the first time since 2018. I know that was a roundabout way of giving you the prediction, but that's where I'm at. You know, if you look at great teams of the past, and please don't take this as a perfect analogy. It is not. When you look at the great Blackhawks teams that were put together and the one that broke through to win a Stanley Cup in in 2010, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong. They made the playoffs in Patrick Kane's second season. They made the playoffs in Jonathan Tay's second season. By the third year for those guys, they were celebrating Stanley Cup championships. You know, there's a process 
of getting to be a championship team. I don't think you go out and get Dougie Hamilton unless you really believe that process begins now. Not going to win the cup this year. I'm not saying that unless they shock the world. And obviously the optimistic fan hopes that they have a chance to do that. But you have to be part of the dance because that's part of the growth of the team. I expect them to be there this year. At Kanji Man MSG on Twitter. Kanji, I mean, you're incredible as always. And I will, for sure, I mean, this is a promise to you. I will ask you sooner than I did this time. And and come on, okay? Hey, my pleasure, Andrew. Good luck with the cast and uh, really enjoy this season. I think we're in for a great ride. I'm excited to get back to 82 games. I'm excited to see this Devils team put its best product on the ice in a very long time. I think they will, but that's why they play the games. Enjoy it, my friend. Absolutely. I can't wait for the season to start. Kanji, again, really appreciate your time and uh, we'll get back. Uh, we'll get you back on real soon. Thanks, my man. Bye-bye. And this has been episode number 123 of Chell Square, number 124. Come up real soon. I'll talk to you again later.